From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, May 4th. On the newscast recently, we've been talking about destructive behavior on public lands, like graffiti and vandalism. But what about other types of behavior that can leave big impacts on our shared landscapes? KZMU's Sarah Mead recently talked with a Moab local who breaks down seven principles she says will ensure recreationists leave no trace. Moab local Karen Garthwaite considers herself a lifelong volunteer, beginning at age three, stuffing envelopes with her mom for the American Heart Association. Her dedication to public service now includes her 17 years of service to the national parks, first as a ranger at Arches, and now as an employee of both Arches and Canyonlands National Parks, overseeing interpretive media and assisting with their volunteer program. Karen led a litter cleanup service project at Sand Dune Arch shortly before Earth Day, which yielded a surprising seven pounds of trash, made up mostly of the small stuff. Yeah, you know, most of it is what we would call micro trash. Mm. So the stuff you might not even notice. In mm-hmm. fact, our volunteers will often say that when they come up. They're like, is there anything? Because mm. they're not seeing like a tire sticking out of a bush. Right. We don't wow. see that behavior at Arches and Canyonlands. We see cigarette butts, bottle caps, gum, the little piece of plastic that comes off when you open that granola bar. When you think of it like that, seven pounds really does start getting kind of impressive. <laughs> In light of Earth Day and the recent displays of vandalism on ancient rock art at Sunshine Wall near Arches National Park and at Birthing Rock near Moab, I asked Karen about ways to balance the conversation around impact. I was curious about what was on the other side of the spectrum of the big picture efforts that are being made to minimize human impact on wild lands. There is something that I definitely talk about with all of our volunteer groups that wasn't a part of my childhood, Mm. and that's this notion of leave no trace. That has entered the vernacular, the common understanding. Not everybody is familiar with it. That's why it's still important to educate about. In fact, right now, we are seeing, I believe, a big upswell in brand new park visitors and perhaps very unaware of concepts like Leave No Trace and what they mean. Mm. And it doesn't just mean litter, right? It is associated with a whole suite of behaviors that get you to think about the impact that you're having, not just on the land, but also on each other. Mm. Principle number one (laughs) is plan ahead and prepare. That might not sound like a leave no chase principle until you think about what happens when you don't plan properly, and you have to get rescued. Mm. Rescues cause impacts. Because if a human life is at stake, you're going to cut corners on the trail. You're going to do things that might leave a mark because there's a human life. Uh, The second one is walking on durable surfaces. Mm -hmm. So here, everybody knows about biological soil crust, or they should. So staying on rocks, staying on loose sand where living things aren't trying to survive. Uh, Number three is dispose of waste properly. Number four is leave what you find. Yes, Arches has lots of rocks, but if everyone took one home, we'd have a lot less. Or we'd be like the poor case of Fossil Cycad National Monument, which no longer exists because people came along and stole all the fossil cycads. Uh, Number five is to uh, maintain your campfire or not promote wildfire, right? Number six is respecting wildlife which is related to trash in a big way in my mind because animals don't know the difference between 
the peanut butter or the plastic bag the peanut butter sandwich came in. Okay. You know, and can do things like consume plastics or bring a rotting cigarette butt back into their burrow because it's soft. Oh. But just think about all those toxins. Yeah. It's, it can get pretty ugly. Number seven is respecting other visitors on the trail. So acknowledging that you have a sound impact, especially if you're in canyon country because echoes are a thing. Leave No Trace principles do seem to be having a positive impact within the local national parks. Karen described another litter cleanup along Highway 191 in Moab between Lions Park and My Place Hotel, in which she and several volunteers picked up a whopping 75 pounds of trash, a stark contrast to the cleanup at Sand Dune Arch parking lot. But even with projects like these, managing our impact on this earth can feel daunting at times. Here's some advice from Ranger Karen. We're all doing the best we can and making the best choices that we can make. And sometimes just hearing about somebody else doing a litter pickup, if that inspires you to pick up two pieces of something the next time you're, I don't know, walking across the parking lot at City Market, any little thing that we can do to help brighten up the space that we share. But just, you know, taking those little moments, if you can, it can be really empowering and and help uh, combat the malaise that can grow from contemplating those impacts. Well, thank you, Ranger Karen. All right. Thanks again. For KZMU News, I'm Sarah Mead. As vaccine availability continues to outpace demand in Utah, Governor Spencer Cox says organizations like churches or businesses will now be able to sign up to host mobile vaccine clinics. Madeline Mortensen with our partners at UPR reports. We will come to you and at no cost to your organization. Governor Spencer Cox announced at his press conference on Thursday that any organization from businesses and employers to church or community groups can now go to coronavirus.utah.gov and request to host their own free mobile vaccine clinic. The hope is that bringing the vaccine to where people already are will make it easier for those who have not been vaccinated to access the service. We hope to have an overwhelming response, which means if we do and we don't have the uh, we don't have enough people or enough doses, be patient. If we can't get to you this week, we'll, we'll schedule you for next week or the week after that. We'll prioritize as we can, again, based on, on geography, uh, based on equity, based on the, the number of people that your organization has. Both Cox and state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn say that vaccine distribution is the reason Utah is not seeing a third spike of COVID-19 cases and will be important to long-term public health. If we want to prevent another surge from happening in the fall, we all need to get vaccinated when we're eligible, so make your appointment today. And for those who already are vaccinated? It's okay to act like it. It's, it's a good thing. So um, spend some time with your, uh, with your friends and family and loved ones. Do some things that maybe you haven't been able to do over the past year. And please enjoy that, uh, that vaccinated status. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Madeline Mortensen. Thanks to our partners at UPR for that report. There are currently over 125 active cases of COVID-19 in Grand County. Grand is also the only county in the state at a high level of transmission. State and local experts have said that for anyone waiting to get the vaccine, the time is now. The more people who get it, they say, the more lives will be protected. Schedule your local vaccine appointment at seuhealth.com. 
two tribal nations in our region are offering COVID-19 aid across international borders. The Mountain West News Bureau's Savannah Marr reports. The Blackfeet Nation in Montana estimates that 98% of its adult residents are fully vaccinated, and it's been offering shots to non-natives in the broader community for weeks. So the tribe has opened up vaccine eligibility to Canadians. It hosted a vaccine clinic on the international border for hundreds of Blackfeet Confederacy citizens and other residents of Alberta. About a thousand miles south, another tribe is providing international aid. Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez says the nation is sending masks and other protective equipment to India as it faces a devastating surge. They are going through some very, very difficult times right now, and we are willing to assist. And we also challenge other jurisdictions around the country to do the same. Nez says at the height of the Navajo Nation's coronavirus surge, the tribe received aid from overseas, including more than half a million dollars from Irish citizens. He says the tribe is now paying it forward. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Savannah Marr. And that's the news for Tuesday, May 4th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.